Welcome to Episode 5 of the Power Podcast, presented by Power Magazine and PowerMag.com. This episode of the Power Podcast is sponsored by the Connected Plant Conference. The 2018 Connected Plant Conference will be held February 26th through the 28th at the Marriott City Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. The forum is designed for professionals in the power generation and chemical process industries who are interested in learning about digital adoption at all stages. Sessions are tailored to offer actionable information and strategies to maximize the use of data, analytics, and related technology to drive efficiency improvements, preventive and predictive maintenance programs, and staff safety. Visit ConnectedPlantConference.com to learn more and to register for the event. The Power Podcast is the latest offering from the longest-running power industry publication in the world. Established in 1882, the Power brand is dedicated to providing its global audience with news and information important to the power generation industry. Now here's the host of the Power Podcast, Executive Editor Aaron Larson. On today's episode of the Power Podcast, I'm joined by a team from Exelon, one of the largest power companies in the U.S., You'll hear from Brian Hurst, Vice President and Chief Analytics Officer for Exelon Utilities, Brian Hoff, Head of the Exelon Corporate Innovation Team, Lisa Howard, Exelon's External Communications Director, and Ankush Agarwal, Director of Infrastructure Analytics for Exelon Utilities. I had the pleasure of meeting with the group on October 26th during GE's Minds and Machines Conference in San Francisco, California. Our conversation revolved around the innovative ways that Exelon is using the latest technology, including GE's Predix solution, to revolutionize the company's operations. Brian Hurst begins the interview by reviewing highlights from a presentation he gave during the event. Brian Hoff follows with some examples of how the generation fleet is implementing digital technology solutions, and Lisa and Ankush add further insight into innovative things that Exelon is doing. The interview was conducted in a public media space at the event. To get things started, I guess, you know, you did give a presentation yesterday. So yeah. could you give me just a little give me the rundown? highlights? Yeah, some of the highlights of that. Yeah, you know, the uh, uh, and, and you know, Aaron, keep in mind if you think about our business, right? We have our um, you know, generation business, we you know, have our retail business sits on that side of the house, then we have our regulated utilities. So myself and Ankush work within the regulated regulated utilities and, and what we talked about at a high level yesterday was really one, just um, a little bit about who we are. As you know, we're comprised of, uh, you know, Pico, BGE, ComEd, and then their Pepco with our acquisition. We have some other s- subsidiaries, which include Delmarva Power, Atlantic City Electric. And our uh, we've been on a uh, journey, uh, frankly, across Exxon Utility for quite some time. We, you know, started, uh, you know, a long time ago with the implementation of smart grid, smart meters, and deploying that. And we're almost completely deployed with smart meters uh, across our fleet. Um, and then building the intelligence on the grid to continue to drive new levels of reliability, right? So that's putting uh, technologies like reclosures and other devices, sensors, to, to drive more intelligence and in how we can you know, recover quickly in an automated way, if you will, from storms and, and storm impact. Um, we, uh, we also, as you can imagine, as we implemented these technologies, we're getting a lot more data. Uh, we have about uh, 8.5 million uh, smart meters right now. That used to generate about 120 million records uh, back in the old days, right, with the manual metering routes. Now that's all automated. So now we're pulling back, you know, multiple reads, right, throughout the day so we can get interval usage and share that information with our customers and help them make the right choices around the energy consumption. But we're getting, you know, almost 150 billion records. So 
for us, you know, that data has, you know, has been exploding, and it's a new opportunity for us to you know, harvest that to continue to look for ways to improve reliability, enhance the customer experience, um, you know, look at things like safety analytics down the road for our folks as well. And we, uh, we recognize we need to have a deliberate strategy around business intelligence and data analytics. And we started that journey a couple of years ago. And it started with really kind of thinking about how we should set ourselves up. And where we landed is focusing on five key domains. We kind of organize ourselves around the key value areas within our organization. Uh, one of them, for example, is business support. We'll get that started next year, and that'll start with our internal teams identifying use cases and building a business case and seeing how we can improve some of our things like fleet optimization or you know, some of the supporting functions for the utilities. And then we're kind of we're kind of grouped in two other buckets. We have a focus around customer. In there, there's two 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 individual domains. One we call smart energy services. We um, we completed our uh, sourcing event last year. We uh, or year before we uh, we we uh, uh, aligned ourselves with uh, uh, Oracle, uh, which was Opower, right? The, mm -hmm. Opower, Opower was acquired by Oracle to use the Opower suite to support our smart energy services. Now we had been working with them for quite some time, but what's different is in this new relationship and over the past year, we've been building deep analytics to drive new insights for our customers. So you, you, now as a customer, uh, you can enroll in alerts and thresholds to kind of understand what's happening uh, and you can make changes to your consumption midstream throughout the month, right? So it allows our customers to have more control and, and less surprises. Um, our customer domain, won't go in details there, but it's, that's going to be all focused around how do we drive efficiency in our customer operations. So think about the front office, the call center, the back office, the building areas. And then what's important to us is really continue to look for new ways to drive enhanced customer experience. So how do we measure the experience from the time I sign up with the utility, one of our utilities, to the time I call about a question, to, you know, I see, you know, field crews in the field and I have questions about it. So those different touch points, if you will, we get an opportunity to either knock it out of the park and provide, you know, an excellent customer experience or we don't do so well. As you know, it's very hard to dig yourself out. So we, we got to look for ways to continue to measure and enhance experience. And then on the grid side, we have got two domains. Um, AMI, automated metering infrastructures, focusing on taking all that smart meter data that we talked about earlier. And, and we have several use cases that are around things like theft detection and making sure that uh, we're understanding where if we have line loss and you know, loss of consumption, that we're, we're capturing that and we're, we'll be focusing on that. That team is just getting underway. We, we have our use cases, we developed a business case. We're not doing any type of sourcing at this time. And then the grid domain, which is why we're here, uh, Kush and I, and, and joining Brian and the crew now, is uh, all about transmission distribution. So. Ankush led a team uh, across uh, Exelon Utilities. If you think about it, get, getting all of our utilities together, mm -hmm. engineers, uh, our business operators, and really started to think about what are the right use cases that can have the most impact, impact for us in transmission distribution. Like any project you go through and you prioritize and you rationalize, and we ended up with a subset, built the business case, and as you know, on the regulated utility side, we, we you know, have to be very thorough um, we have to be able to you know, get in front of regulators if we need to, so it's a very thorough, detailed business case. And then we had to figure out how are we going to deliver this, and uh, that's when we started our, our sourcing process. And uh, the team, after an exhaustive uh, effort, uh, ended up recommending uh, GE. We're really excited about that. And, uh, and that's what we, we announced yesterday is our, uh, move for, our path forward with uh, GE Predicts, their asset performance management. Uh, suite and uh, a, a co-development and co-innovation uh, focus with them around five key use cases over the next several years. Okay. Um, so that's at a high level, um, kind of where we're at Exelon utility side. And while we're delivering this large program, we're obviously setting ourselves up so we can deliver analytics in the future. That includes setting up the organization, thinking about things like data governance, uh, setting up the, the team of uh, data scientists to build our own internal capabilities so that we can 
you know, continue to increase our analytics maturity over time. So that's yeah, kind of so how it's, a, it's really kind of a change in business model and yeah. what you're doing and absolutely and providing. And I know yesterday they talked a lot about outcomes yeah. and providing outcomes for your customers that are benefiting them in the long run. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and I know in uh, GE's gener or in uh, Exelon's generation mm -hmm. fleet, you guys have implemented. Yeah, Excel, Brian's. So. Uh, and that has been a real, in charge of that. You know, when we had our Connected Plan Conference, we had some yeah. excellent folks there talking about what you've done. And you really took it and ran, from what I understand. You know, you're like one of the first really getting into uh, using the GE Predix system and implementing it throughout your entire system. How's that been going? I mean, have you been satisfied with that? Yeah, and it, just to really similar, I'll back up a little bit. The way that the um, Exxon Generation fleet kind of went after this is, we first set up an initial, let's go pilot this technology across mm -hmm. one, one of our asset types where we said, let's go across wind, let's go across some combined cycle gas and inside nuclear. And if we could hit some performance metrics, we'd actually see that we could actually then move this into a scale. So last Minds Machines, we got up on stage and we told everybody, we've actually hit all those performance metrics, we're gonna do an enterprise agreement, we actually now are gonna deploy this across the generation mm -hmm. fleet. Since that to today, we're about halfway through. So we've got a majority of the assets onto the platform. Between now and the end of next year, we'll have the entire generation, the 3200 gigawatts of power up and running on uh, the platform. There is bumps, right? I always tell everybody on the story is, <laughs> along the way of any partnerships, there's small bumps that are not like stop signs. But it's, there's been a few struggles, there's been a few things, but what's been great is we get a hold of GE in our partnership and we just figure out those bumps together. And we figure out how do we get through this. Um, we see in our, like our wind forecasting model, we actually first went in and we actually had a design for where do you put the controllers that send the data out. Mm -hmm. Some of them are at the individual site, some might be at a data center because we had to really think about the architecture, right, of where do you want to collect the data and how do you ultimately want to send it. Those caused some bumps for a while, but it is up and running, the data is flowing. We are having better wind forecast models that we're bidding into the market with the, with the solution. We're seeing results on the nuclear side where we'll be able to do some predictions that we couldn't do before. We also right now are looking on, especially on the nuclear side, we've got the balance of plant systems into the platform, but we need to have critics available in what they call the GovCloud, that extra security that we need inside that environment. That's actually gonna be available first quarter next year. So we're pushing GE quite hard on let's get to that um, platform sooner because the sooner we can get into there, the more analytics we can do on those type of systems, more value to us. So what's nice is we continuously are pushing and pulling type of things with GE. We also started realizing in my keynote, I talked a lot about the digital worker. We really right. see too, it's yeah. beyond just the asset. It's really given the tools to our workforce. So we want to have the tools in the people's hands when they're out doing the job. So APM Mobile was also been announced. That was a partnership that GE did with Apple. We were actually brought in months ago, mm. sat down and did all the wireframes and designs with GE on that. We we're actually testing it. So when the announcement comes out, it's already being tested at Exelon. So that's actually yeah. fun that we're early adopters and we're getting to really give that um, control on the roadmap and what else we want to do. And then we've also been building our own applications that we could then use on that platform. So that's why we're constantly, again, pull and push, saying we're happy with what you're doing with the asset models. We also think you need to move it to what the digital people have in their hand, which we call digital worker. So that's what we've been pushing. I think that's really interesting, especially in nuclear because <clears throat> 
when you think of nuclear power, you think of regulations, you think of kind of a slow-moving process. The NRC is in control, and they don't make a lot of changes without thinking it through mm -hmm. and years of study. And, mm -hmm. and to see you guys actually getting this implemented and making steps you know, to digitalize the plants is impressive. And what's interesting on that is if you kind of look, and this is where now some of these are non-GE technologies I'm about to talk, to talk mm -hmm. about, but we've actually put electronic work packages in at the plants. So that was a project to get rid of binders that you remember from oh, yeah. your days of yeah. working at a plant, right, down to an iPad. What would you rather go out and work with? <laughs> would you rather want that binder or would you want an iPad? I'd take the right? iPad. And remember the days you'd have to say, is this the right update procedure? And you had to have those checks. Now the procedure is always up to date because it has that built into the application. Again, I not can imagine the documentation is fantastic too because now you can take your iPad, take a picture, you can oh, see absolutely. everything mm -hmm. that's being done. That's right. Correct. Yeah. And that's where all of this continues to go. People want, no matter what industry we're in, right? You're out there in the plant, you're out there by a utility asset. They want to be able to just take that picture and have that be processed. So the other thing I talked about on stage, we build an application we call Udentify. That allows utility workers or a plant worker take a picture of a, a defect, have that image go back into Predix, using artificial intelligence, start to say, what is that defect? Again, is it perfect today? No, but the AI is learning and that AI will get better. Right. So right now we have a lot of people looking at it with the AI, but we're continuously evolving that. And then the other things we're looking at is things like remote experts. As you're out in the field and you're looking at that and you're going, what is that again? I wish I could get this other engineer. How do you hands-free touch a button or just call something and the camera turns on and then you can bring in the remote expert with you? Wonderful. Yeah. We've also done virtual reality walkthroughs and augmented reality walkthroughs. So we have some pilots going right now that you can actually, through virtual reality, walk through one of our plants. Or go look at a map and actually see what is the radiation areas in these various zones. So you can now go do that before you're actually in the field putting our people in har potential harm or in a condition that why not do it safely back in yeah. a, a yeah, controlled environment. If you can reduce dose in any way, you're, right. you're saving. You know, and Aaron, think about the opportunity, um, just as, as Brian was talking about, we can... And we've started. We've been very, um, been very uh, focused on using drone technology to either do line inspection or, you know, even some of our substations, right, to keep our our crews safe. So you can imagine being able to pull that data back into the Predix platform is another, you know, data ingestion point. Just really changes the game when we think about how we, how we operate today, and then the possibilities for tomorrow. And, and a lot of stuff, frankly, that we're finding is. You know, as you get into the process, you start thinking of new opportunities, right? We, we have our, you know, X number of use cases we've thought about now, but, you know, there's just, it, it, it's exciting times, absolutely. But when you put you, you put the innovation in the hands of the employees, oh, exactly. you know, Brian's team's done a, a great job of that uh, for Exelon with his uh, with the focus on innovation. And you start to see things like this, and I, you know, just, I'll just i pull two things together in a story is, you know, one of the ideas we did with drones was, yes, but there's value for us. But then one of our business units had this idea, what if we went out and sold those services? So we have a business unit called Exxon Power Labs. They've got a product we're right now called Aero Labs, where we're doing drone inspection services for profit. Hmm. So we're out there doing that, pulling that data back through a competitive side of Exxon, because that was some of the employees' ideas. This is really cool, but we're having smaller utilities, we're having other companies who don't have these type of resources, who would like this done. Exxon now can provide that. I think so, it's great opportunity for you and for a benefit for these other smaller utilities that just can't afford to develop right. their own right. in-house expertise. Exactly. Right. So one of the things that we do inside Exxon is we've established this platform that we call our Innovation Expo. 
And inside of this, what we do is we just had our sixth one in Washington, D.C. on June 27th, where we actually bring together the most innovative ideas are either early stage or things that are being implemented that we want everybody to know about. Um, Collaboration is key. Right. In a large company like Exxon, we have to keep like sharing what's happening. We've got web portals that we try to share. We've got peer groups that we try to share. But we also realize we need to have a physical thing where we bring people together. So at this venue, we had over 3,000 people. Just think of Minds and Machines. You're barely at 3,000 people here. So an internal event that Exxon holds, 3,000 people. Over 500 ideas. 500 ideas that are being collaborated. We brought in strategic partners, we brought in media, we brought in people from Congress, and we're showing what's happening inside Exxon because we really got this innovation engine starting to move and it continues to build yeah. on itself. Yeah. We'd love to have you come next year. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to. I think it sounds really interesting and it'd be neat to see all of the groups that do come together and yeah. what comes out of that sort we'll of... We'll introduce you to your old Quad City friends. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to meet, meet up with them. Yeah. And this is part of our overarching innovation strategy at Exxon. Maybe yeah. you can speak to that. It yeah. Really, it, it starts... I'll give a lot of credit to our CEO. He really was on this whole theme of how do we reinvent the company. Because again, if you think about reinvention, yeah. right? what we did yesterday is not going to make us successful. We have to continue to reinvent. So he's really pushed, and the entire leadership team has yeah. now picked up on this. We are really looking at how to reinvent the company because we know we need to continuously change. Customers are mm -hmm. looking for mm -hmm. us to do Absolutely. bigger, better, different than we had and not just what was available. They don't compare us to other utilities. The only people who compare us to other energy or companies' utilities are us. Yeah. Okay. Customers compare us to consumer interactions. When they hit Uber and they have a car come, that's the way that they want the utility truck to come to their house or a Constellation home business. They want it that simple of an interface. So our real competition is how they interact with other consumer type products. Right. And you're you're moving into the, those same type of technologies and utilizing that yeah, to absolutely. interact with your customers. Yeah. So I think that's really great and you know some excellent uh, examples of, of how you're doing it and what you're doing. Now, is EPRI involved in any of this, or is this is that kind of a... So, um, yes, right, EPRI actually has all of our companies through the utilities and even our generation side all belong to EPRI. Okay. Um, EPRI even has a um, technical innovation group. I'm actually part of the EPRI technical innovation group. A lot of these technologies that we're talking about and things, EPRI is also looking at and EPRI is also trying to drive. So yes, we leverage the EPRI platform, but there are some of the stuff that we're doing that's outside of EPRI. Right, because we even have some of these things that we're like, we're starting to push a little bit where we're like, okay, is the strategic partnership with Apple that we just announced? Well, Epri's not pursuing that, okay. right? But we were able to push with GE that strategic partnership. Yeah. And it seems like GE is very receptive to trying to help in any way they can, you know, and be collaborative in that like, respect. Like, co-innovation is, is very <clears throat> key to the you know, the partnerships we have with Generation and, and for the T&D space, you know, uh, the five use cases we are doing, mm -hmm. like one of them is the APM product. So they have real expertise in the, you know, the, the asset space. But when you start talking about storm readiness and outage prediction, that's where, you know, uh, you know, Pico, PGE, Comet, PHI, we have the expertise around that space. You know, we have lived through those storms, our engineers have that innate knowledge. And so we are bringing that to the Predix platform, our engineering knowledge, and they are bringing the platform, the technology. And so that's the, the true partnership which we have created and the co-innovation which is going on for each of those applications. 
And so we are like those those applications don't exist today. And so we're going to develop that through the next few years, and then develop that and deploy that at Exelon, and then see if other utilities also want to kind of leverage the same platform for. For their uh, analytics. Yeah. And, and if you simplistically, I'm just sitting here looking over the sign that says Mines and Machines down there. As Ankush is talking, I'm sitting here thinking, it's not saying only GE Mines and only GE Machines. Right. That wouldn't it's work. Right. GE knows better. that they have to have an ecosystem. Yeah. And the ecosystem is different types of machines, different type of mines. And how do we bring together the best mines? And that's what we've seen is we bring together yeah. the best mines in Exelon, the best mines in GE and others. That's what you creates game changers. But I, and I, what I always look for, Aaron, and especially in a, in a an event like this, and have you been downstairs to the tech? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've got to get back down there, but um, uh, at some point today. But when I look around the room and I see you know Ernst and Young, and I see other consulting firms making investments, it's not small investments internally to dedicate teams focused on the GE Predicts platform, because they recognize that there's an opportunity for them to come to utilities or other clients and help them develop, co-develop on the previous platform. So when I see that kind of investment, it really makes me continue to feel even more and more confident about our partnership and where we're going because others see it as well. And so that ecosystem is, is going to be really key for us down the road. That's a great point. And um, I wanted to kind of go back because <clears throat> one thing that surprised me yesterday, I, I saw a presentation and they were talking about predicting storms and, and getting the trucks and supplies mm. in certain locations just based on knowing that these are failure points that are likely to happen. Yes. It, were you involved in any of that, was that modeling? Kareem? Was, that, was that Kareem's talk? I, I think so. Yeah, yes. so he worked, like, I mean, we worked for Kareem. Excellent. Okay. He's the excellent CFO. Okay. And, and yeah. he's the leader of He's executive BIDA, sponsor. Executive sponsor. So, so that's what we want to do, right? So we want to, from a storm perspective, if we can uh, model how a storm how wind, wind gust affects an asset. If you can model that the right way, the next time uh, we know the storm is coming through, we can we can tell in advance how that asset will react. So that's really at the heart of storm readiness, is if we can develop those models, and we already started to, to see some work there, uh, then we can you know predict uh, you know with very high resolution which assets will fail. Let's put the crews closer to those areas. Let's, let's determine uh, what uh, what inventory we need for those particular assets. Uh, we can do simulations. That's the heart of storm, storm readiness for us. And then each use case has similar kind of nuggets of gold in them, you know, to kind of yeah. push and, it, and it's really interesting thinking back through weather, right? Weather and all this stuff, if you're talking about the, how the wind blows, think mm. about what that impact has for our wind turbines. Mm -hmm. Right, so again, if you look at what we've done with GE and predicts with the wind turbine, we have wind forecasting models that are accurate down to where the wind's blowing around those turbines. Right, that's why I said these type of weather things, how's the sun shining impacts our utilities, it impacts our solar assets, right. right? That's why weather has such an impact on our business. Exactly. That's a good point. Because it affects all of these things. It affects Absolutely. everything. Yeah. And ultimately, right, everybody wants their power on when the sun's shining in that great day. But who wants the bad day when you go home and the lights aren't turning on? Right. And with that, the fifth episode of the Power Podcast has come to an end. I hope listeners found my conversation with the Exelon team informative and interesting. I'm Aaron Larson, Executive Editor of Power Magazine. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode of the Power Podcast.